If you have your Bibles, we are in Romans chapter 6. Our marathon series continues in Romans 6. We did the first part of it last week, and we're going to conclude this chapter today. I'm going to be reading from verse 12 through 18, and then we're going to work our way to the end of this chapter so you can leave your Bibles open as we continue to deepen our discipleship year. Can you say amen? If you don't have a Bible, there should be a giant one behind me because we like big Bibles and we cannot lie. Romans 6 verse 12 says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead. Remember Bernie? You're like, who's Bernie? Well, come to church. That was last week. But now you have, can you say it with me? You have, what a great name for a church. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Heck no. Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. And you have become slaves to righteous living. That is the word of the Lord. Can you say amen? On January 1st, 1863, it was the third year of a bloody, horrible civil war. President Abraham Lincoln issued the proclamation of emancipation. It says all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are and henceforward shall be free. It was a powerful legal document that declared that all slaves were to be set free. But as you know your history, it took years for this legal binding document to fully come to fruition in our country. And the reason for it is because it was again a bloody War because slave owners did not want to release control of the slaves. And there are many stories of years later, slaves who were still struggling to live a free life because their entire life was under the oppression of a slave owner, especially those who grew up in slavery. They had a really hard time understanding how to actually be free and how to actually live free. My friends, they were legally free 
But the struggle is they still had a slave mindset. If you go back 2,000 years ago, Jesus declared us to be free from the bondage of sin, Satan, and death. On the cross, it was a legal binding contract with God the Father to set humanity free from sin, from Satan, and death. And he made his declaration, his proclamation of emancipation. He said, so if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Problem is, many believers are still living confused and not truly free. Why? Because the slave mindset prevails. They say you can take the kid out of the ghetto, but you can't take the slave out of the kid. Statistics shows, I do prison ministry, statistics shows that 80%, 84% of inmates go back to prison because they don't know how to live free. Are you tracking with me? So here, my friends, what Paul, the apostle, is doing here, he's speaking to a group of Christians in the city of Rome that was highly affected and affected by slavery. They said in the first century, 10 to 20% of the Roman population were slaves. So odds are in this church, there were slaves that are listening to this message. And what Paul is trying to do is, he's trying to show them how to actually now live free, that they have a choice in Christ to live free. Because it's one thing to be physically slaved. It's another thing to be emotionally and spiritually a slave. My friends, there is such thing as self-imposed slavery. Let me give you some examples. Addiction is a form of slavery. Pride is a form of slavery. Ego is a form of slavery. Bitterness is a form of slavery. Resentment is a form of slavery. Greed is a form of slavery. Lust is a form of slavery. A poverty mindset is a form of slavery. Being stuck in a toxic relationship is a form of slavery. Consumerism is a form of slavery. People pleasing is a form of slavery. Social media is a form of slavery. Politics is a form of slavery. Religion is a form of slavery. There are many ways to be physically free but still slave in our minds and our spirits. What Paul is doing here is trying to help us understand practically, my friends, you've been set free. The key though is, can you walk in your freedom? Can you stay free? It's one thing to be liberated. It's another thing to stay free. And so here, he's trying to give you a practical understanding of what it looks like to live a free life in Christ. And so what he says is, he says, look, do not let your sin control the way you live because slavery is a form of control. Do not give in to your sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. So the question you got to ask yourself this morning is, is there any part of my body that's still serving sin? Is there any part of me that still in, is in slavery? So let's take a quick inventory Starting from the top, how is my mind? Do I have a slave mindset? Am I a slave to sin in my mind or am I a slave to righteousness? Paul goes on to say in Romans 12, he says, don't conform any longer to the ways of the world, but be transformed by renewing of your 
because your mind is the headquarters of your life. The way you think is how you live. The way that you act is because you're thinking a certain way. The way you talk is because you're thinking a certain way. Everything begins in the headquarters of your being. You got to ask yourself the question, is my mind free or is my mind still captive to the ways of sin? How's your tongue? The Bible says there's power of life and death in your tongue. That if you are a slave to sin, you will use your tongue to gossip instead of bless. If you're a slave to sin, you will slander instead of edify. If you're a slave to sin, you will be profane instead of being a prophet. How is it that you're using your tongue because there's life and death in the power of your tongue depending if you're a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness? How's your eyes? Jesus said your eyes are the windows to your soul. He says the way that you see life will permeate your entire being. He was actually talking about greed. As Dre mentioned in, in, in the offering, Jesus was saying if you have a greedy eye, your entire being will be greedy. A few weeks ago, we talked about Job, a man after God's own heart. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes to not look at a woman lustfully. Says I made an agreement that I will not allow lust to control my eyes. I made an agreement that only my wife will be the pleasure of my eyes. My friends, how is your eyes? How's your ears? The Bible says, tune your ears to the Lord. Samuel prayed. He said, speak, Lord, for I am listening. Is your ears tuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit or is your ears tuned to the voice of the enemy? You're either saying, speak, Lord, or you're saying, speak, Satan. You're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. How's your hands? Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, you should chop it off. That's intense. This is Jesus. Blue eyes, beautiful shampooed hair. He does dangerous commercials, and he brings the heat, and he says, your hand's causing you to sin, which means he's saying, are you using your hand to be violent? Are you using your hand to be greedy? Are you using your hand to be lustful? You better cut it off. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with a, without an arm than to go to hell with your whole arm. How's your hand? Your hand is a symbol of your worship and your service. You're either serving God or you're serving yourself. You're either pleasuring God or you're pleasuring yourself. Speaking of pleasure, how's your private parts? Because the Bible says that God created you as a sexual being to worship him and to serve him even through your sexuality. You are either going to worship Jesus through your sexuality or you're going to worship Jezebel. See, the Bible calls us to be priests. The Bible calls us to be set apart. It wasn't just the pastor that was called to be a priest. The entire Bible is about God establishing his kingdom in the hearts of men and creating priests. Every single person is meant to be set apart for him. Right now, if you're a believer, there's a spiritual collar on you. You are a priest of God. And as a priest of God, he's calling you to serve him with your entire being, not just part of you. And this is consistent in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there's a book called Leviticus. It's actually a manual for how to be a priest. 
And in Leviticus chapter 14, it talks about making a sacrifice and then applying the blood of the sacrifice to the different parts of your body to make sure that you are cleansed, you are purified, sent apart for the will of God. In Leviticus 14, it says, look, the priest will then apply some of the oil in his palm, in his palm over the blood from the guilt offering that is on the lobe of the right ear. It's a symbol of, are you listening to God? Is your ears anointed to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? The thumb of the right hand, is your hand anointed to bless God? The Bible says, lift up holy hands unto God. Is your hand serving God or is it serving self? And the big toe of the right foot of the person being purified. In other words, where is your legs taking you? The Bible says, oh, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You're either walking to bring good news or you're bringing destruction. My friends, you cannot walk with God and with Satan at the same time. You cannot be in the presence of God on Sunday in the presence of the enemy on Monday. You cannot be in the presence of a holy God and then walk towards the house of a prostitute on Monday. Like, my God, you have to know you're a priest of God in every area. Where is your feet taking you? You get to the New Testament, same concept. It says your entire body is made to worship God and God alone. Paul speaking to another group of believers in a very vile society, very much like ours, where they, they, they prostitute themselves and did all kinds of shameful things. Paul says this to them, and he says this to us today in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In a, in a, listen, in a month where we're celebrating Pride Month, the Bible says run from sexual sin. You don't celebrate shameful things. You run from them. You go the other way if you are a child of God. He says, run from sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as he does, as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Understand, my friends, this is not the temple of God. This is the temple of God. This is the presence of God. You carry the presence of God. You don't go to church. You are the church. Because the building is not what holds the Holy Spirit. It's you that holds the Holy Spirit. Your body was made to create, to worship God, to glorify God. In every area of your life is meant to be holy unto the Lord tells you you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with the high price. So you must honor God with your entire body. This is the call of the believer. We're under new ownership. The old is gone, the new has come. Paul goes on to say in Romans 6, 19, he says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, previously, he's saying before, before Christ, previously, not presently, previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led Ever to deeper sin, now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. 
set apart, distinct from the world. That when God looks down on earth, he knows who belongs to him because you're living a holy, righteous life. My friends, please hear me. There are no free agents. You're either playing for Tim Sin or you're playing for Tim Jesus. There are no free agents. Even those who think they're free agents are slaves to free agency. The option to live our lives without serving sin or obedience isn't open to any of us because you're constantly serving one or the other. Whatever or whoever gets your time, your energy, your money is your master. If you want to know what you serve, check your bank account. They'll tell you. Either sin is your boss or righteousness is your boss. So here's a question I want to propose to you today. When you change jobs, are you still trying to please your old boss? Do you find yourself on your new job during your lunch break calling your old boss and going, Oh boss, I so miss working for you. Even though you mistreat me, even though you underpay me, even though I slave for you, I, I feel like I owe you an obligation. My old boss, sinful boss, sin, sin boss, self, self boss. No one in their right mind will continue to please their old boss. Sin will not have dominion over the believer because the believer has been set free in Jesus' name. John puts it this way. Go ahead and put up John chapter first, first John 3 says, anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. My friends, we call this progressive sanctification. When Jesus comes into a believer's life, he begins to now sanctify that person, which means he begins to set that person apart. He begins to cleanse that person, purify that person, purge that person from everything that doesn't belong. It doesn't happen overnight, but over time, you begin to see that that person is walking more like Jesus, talking more like Jesus, acting more like Jesus, living more like Jesus than their old self because the old is gone. His will becomes God's will. His plans becomes God's plans. His thoughts becomes God's thoughts. Why? Because those who are in Christ are new believers. The old is gone and the new has come. Can you say amen? Paul concludes Romans 6 this way. He says this in verse 20. He says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. <laughs> you had no choice. And that was the result. You were now... Ashamed of the things you used to do. You know you've crossed over when you're like, Oof, what the heck was I thinking? You don't celebrate your sin. You are ashamed of your sin. You, know, you take pride in Jesus. You don't take pride in your sexuality. Hello, somebody. Right. Things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say amen? 
So here's the conclusion of the matter. Paul says, here's the conclusion. Which paycheck do you want at the end of the day? Who are you working for? Because depending on who you're working for, you will get a certain paycheck. You work for sin, your paycheck will be death one day. You work for Jesus, your paycheck will be eternal life one day. My friend, you're either on team Jesus or on team righteousness. There are no free agents. That's the bottom line. So today, as we come to the altar, as we come to communion, we come to the table of Jesus Christ. We come as people who long to be cleansed. We come as people who long to have purity, righteousness, holiness as our portion. We come to communion to once again die to our old self so that we may live as new people in Christ. We come because his body was broken for us so that we may be made whole. We come to exchange our brokenness for Jesus' wholeness. We come to exchange our impurities for his blood that cleanses and purifies and purges us. My friends, before you take communion, take an inventory that you're taking it the right way. If you take communion the wrong way, it might be harmful. The Bible tells us that many died because they took communion without understanding the power of it, the unity of it. I pray that's not us. I pray we take communion from a place of humility of a place of accepting the fact that only Jesus can save me from my sins. I need his presence in my life to live a righteous life. Without him, I'm a slave to sin. But with him, I'm a child of God. And you bow your heads with me as we prepare our hearts to enter the table of a holy God. Check your heart. Check every part of your body and submit it to Jesus Christ. If you don't submit your life to Jesus, you're going to take communion in vain. It might be detrimental to your soul instead of blessing your soul if you don't come with the heart of repentance. So Holy Spirit, search our hearts. We want to enter communion with you. We want to enter your presence. We come with a repented heart. We come to receive forgiveness, healing, restoration. We come to receive your power to live above sin and mediocrity. So Holy Spirit, help us as we enter communion. My friends, if you take communion the right way today, there's healing in communion. There's physical healing available. There's emotional healing. There's spiritual healing. There's cleansing. The blood of Jesus comes to cleanse and purify you from all sins. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat. Thank you, Jesus. 
Your broken body was given so that we may find healing. So, Father, I believe by faith right now you are healing bodies in this room. Lord, you are healing migraines. You are healing cancer. You are healing high blood pressure right now in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we receive your healing. You are healing arthritis right now. If you're feeling an electrical shoot through your body, receive the healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for your healing power. Thank you that you heal not just physically, but you heal emotionally. You heal spiritually. Healing from deep traumas. Healing from abuse. Healing from toxic relationships. Lord, let your healing flow this morning. Thank you for your healing power, Jesus. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are renouncing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's drink. Jesus, we receive your blood, the blood of forgiveness, the blood that cleanses, the blood that washes over every part of our bodies. Right now, Lord, we believe that your blood is cleansing our minds from every unrighteousness, that your blood is helping us renew our minds right now so that we may know your pleasant, perfect, and good will. Your blood is purifying our eyes, Lord, so that our eyes can be light to our soul. Like Job, Lord, we pray today that our eyes is only for those that you put in our lives to love. That we will not allow our eyes to be slaves to sin and lust. Lord, our ears, Lord, we pray today that our ears will be tuned to your spirit. Lord, make us sensitive to your voice obedient to your voice. Lord, anoint our lips today. May our tongues, Lord, be the tongues of fire, purges, cleanses. Lord, may we prophesy with our mouth. May we bless with our mouth. May the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you, Father, today. We receive the cleansing that comes from your holy, righteous blood. Lord, we for our hands to be Holy hands, Lord. We lift up holy hands unto you, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, whatever we touch is blessed. I pray that our hands will bring healing. Our hands will bring prosperity. Our our hands will bring the presence of God wherever we go. Lord, that our feet, Lord, are, are, are filled with the gospel of peace, Lord. That we are peacemakers, Lord. That we bring the good news to others who don't know you. Father, today we pray that we are living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to you. It's a reasonable act of worship, Lord. We want to be yours fully yours from from the from the top of our head to the crown of our feet holy spirit have your way we pray in jesus mighty name amen